0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of No Such Thing as a Fish, a weekly podcast coming to you from the QI offices in Covent Garden. My name is Dan Schreiber, and I am sitting here with James Harkin, Alex Bell, and Anna Chesinski. And once again, we have gathered around the microphones with our four favorite facts from the last seven days. And in no particular order, here we go. Starting with my fact this week. My fact is 10% of the UFC is owned by the UAE. (laughs) That is quite surprising. So the UFC stands for Ultimate Fighting Championship.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. What and does
2: UAE stand for? United Arab
0: Emirates. Um, yeah. And 10% of the UFC is owned specifically by Abu Dhabi. Uh, it's a company called Flash Entertainment, which is owned by the government. And mm. in 2010, they bought 10% of this company, which last year, or perhaps even early this year, was sold again for $4 billion. It's a huge industry now. Um, and they've retained their temper. So yeah, a government is part of the ultimate
2: hardcore fighting machine. Yeah. Great. So let's explain what UFC is for the uninitiated like me.
0: Okay, well... Um... If you've been reading the news this week, you will see that the biggest boxing match for a very long time has happened between a man called Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. When you say has happened, it's not happened yet in our universe, has it? That's true. We're recording this on a Monday. You're hearing this from a Friday onwards. So yeah, it's... uh. Yeah. Let's
3: take a punt. I think it's really sad that Conor McGregor died within 10 <laughs> seconds of entering the octagon. And...
0: Yeah, so Conor McGregor is the UFC fighter in this case. Floyd Mayweather is the boxer. And um, UFC is a collection of different different disciplines of martial arts brought together in a ring known as the octagon and it means that when you're fighting an opponent there are just many different ways that you'll be fighting against them uh, different martial arts styles
3: it's no holds barred isn't it that was what it was originally always marketed yeah, as they what used do- to
2: say there are no rules didn't they yeah. it
3: says
1: that on the wikipedia page and then it's immediately followed by a list of rules yeah there's right? a lot of rules <laughs> yeah yeah
0: it says there are no rules and then actually even in its first fight uh, it banned biting eye gouging uh, fish hooking head butting hair pulling and Strikes. What's fish hooking? Fish hooking is when you go for an already open cut or it's when you do like a right hook but with a fish I think Uh with with a fish like (laughs) a Monty Python sketch (laughs) Um, but it
1: it was actually the first two of those that are banned right so uh, uh, biting and eye gouging and the other two are all frowned upon and then often I think the fighters will agree that when there were two fighters that had ponytails they agreed not to pull each other's hair and stuff because it would make a better fight but interestingly the the biting and the eye gouging are the two headline things that are banned and that's the same two things that were banned in the ancient Greek Pankration
0: wrestling which was like 2,000 years ago
3: Is that deliberate? I wonder if it is. I don't know. It's a very
0: intellectual sport, UFC, yeah. Well, yeah, I knew nothing about
3: it, so I'll believe anything you tell me. (laughs) Invented by Plato, was it? Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, he was their first champion.
3: (laughs) Um. Um, Do you know why it's called the octagon? Um, It's it's
2: got eight sides.
3: Yeah, yeah. I framed this quite badly. (laughs) The origin of the name The Octagon is a really, really bad Chuck Norris film from the 80s. So the guy who was commissioned to design the pitch, are we calling it? The square. The ring. The ring. Thank you The pitch The ring in which Muhammad they Muhammad Ali
0: will be fighting in the pitch <laughs> With George Foreman
3: um, But yeah, this guy was commissioned to design the ring He was called Jason Cusson And he didn't really know anything about fighting Or what he was supposed to do And he just heard of this Chuck Norris film That was about No Holds Barred fighting And it was called The Octagon So he said, sod it, let's make it an octagon That's yeah. so cool It's
2: quite, I mean, it's as good a shape as any, right? in fact it's you debatable. could say well you could say it's better than a square because it's closer to a ring like yeah. a ring is a, something with infinite sides yeah. and an octagon's got more sides than a square Why
3: compared not? to infinity though it's like hardly <laughs> more on the way to that many they sides they should have so. a
2: dodecahedron they should
3: that yeah. would be good
0: just for the visual, if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, well, what's this octagon look like? Uh, it's steel mesh all around it. And the ring wall, as it were, the steel mesh wall, goes up taller than the, let's the say, six Empire person. State building. Yes, <laughs> it's person. So they have to be lowered in by crane uh, into the ring.
3: Yeah. Um, we were saying that it's quite no holds barred. It gets quite violent. And people were kind of outraged in the 90s when ultimate fighting and mixed martial arts was invented and the thing that I think outraged people the most or the thing that became the epitome of it was the fact that it was done with bare knuckles so it was bare Mm -hmm. knuckle fighting so people were saying this is so dangerous look how barbaric it is and with bare knuckles you know that's just goes to show how barbaric it is and so they banned the bare knuckle element of it after a few years and added gloves to make it safer and in fact that made it much more dangerous because the reason that bare knuckle is better than wearing gloves is that if you punch someone super hard with your bare knuckle then you basically break your fist and so mm. m- most people don't want to punch people too hard whereas as soon as you've got boxing gloves on then you can punch someone much much harder without damaging yourself so by adding gloves you kind of save the hands but instead you give people much more severe brain damage so that, was, that up
2: that was quite aggressive the way that you said that fact because you had a fist the whole yeah. time yeah. and you were kind of jabbing the air
3: <laughs> yeah it felt good I could see the attraction actually
2: <laughs> there was a study done a few years ago where
1: researchers worked out a code for how intense somebody smiles and then on the day prior to uh fight when the fighters have that traditional face-off like press conferencing, I you yeah. call it. These researchers watched 152 different UFC fighters and worked out how much they were smiling and then they found that the more a fighter smiles the more likely they are to lose the fight and they think it's due to the link of like if you smile more you have lower testosterone and you're less aggressive in nature and they worked out that whilst in the short term it means they're more likely to lose that fight the next day, they're not more likely to lose all the fights coming up. So it's literally how much
0: you are smiling the day before your fight the day before your fight fight. well this is interesting because um conor mcgregor has been sparring against these pro boxers to sort of get him into shape um so one of them has come out uh because he, he that's
2: he that's great <laughs> that's really yeah, Thank so, you for so i just want to say yeah. you know congratulations <laughs>
0: mate wish you all the luck in your love life uh no he's uh he sort of was kicked out of the conor mcgregor camp and then he revealed a lot of the process of how he's training and one of the things he's doing is he is doing long stare-offs with these boxers so he just, he's
2: practicing the stair.
3: I just would say at his stage, I would not be focusing on that element of the game. I don't care how important the stair is. But isn't
2: it true that we did say a few podcasts ago that divers, professional divers, half of their job <laughs> is climbing up to the top of exactly. the diving board. Yes, thank so you, James. Really, half of his job is walking to the ring. This is high. if you were
0: <laughs> yeah. diving from a high board, half your job.
3: Yeah, I, it's I remember it. I remember it vividly. It's ingrained in my brain. And we
0: use the word "fact" very loosely.
1: Yeah.
3: So, are you saying half of a fighter's job is staring contests? Yeah. So- if
1: you were really good at not blinking, though, you could probably win the blinking competition. Dry out your opponent's eyes, and then they'd be blinded. It's not a
2: blinking competition. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like chess not boxing, not where you play a bit of chess <laughs> and you play a bit of boxing. It's like you fight for three minutes, and then you just sit there and stare at someone. <laughs> I mean, that would I would watch that.
0: It'd be amazing if he had just like a smaller uh, uh, belt for uh, a yeah. blinking champion for the <laughs>
2: contest. But it could be that you have three minutes of fighting, then you have a staring competition, and whoever wins a staring competition gets one free punch at the start of the next round. Oh, yeah.
3: Nice. You should invent that as a sport and put it in a nonagon or something and (laughs) create something amazing. (laughs) And the kicking can be really damaging, can't it? So in, I think, have we talked about the fight between Muhammad Ali and Antonio Inoki before? So this is a fight that's seen as basically the precursor to MME, to mixed martial arts. And this was when Muhammad Ali took on a Japanese wrestler called Antonio Inoki in the 70s. In the 1970s. Can
2: you say MMA? Yeah, MMA, not MME. Oh,
3: sorry. Yeah. Um, this is the precursor to MME, Mixed Martial. MMA. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> This is the precursor to mixed martial arts and this was when Muhammad Ali took on this Japanese wrestler called Antonio... Muhammad
2: Ali. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, anyway, the point was Muhammad Ali and Antonio Inoki had this fight um, to see which of the disciplines was going to win and um, Inoki caused massive damage to Ali so basically he spent the whole time lying on the floor, I think. Yeah. Almost the entirety of the time he lay on the floor and just kicked Muhammad Ali in the shins really hard and Ali got blood clots up After that, And I think his legs were permanently damaged from then on. He had to have surgery and stuff because of it. But it was called a draw, I think, which was good because it meant that neither of them had disgraced themselves in front of their fans. Yeah. Um, And Inoki said afterwards that the reason he just kicked Muhammad Ali is because Ali had such devoted fans that he'd been warned if he laid a hand on him, then his fans would kill him. So he decided to go at him with the feet instead. Uh Yeah.
2: Do you think when... Muhammad Ali's supporters came up to him later and tried to attack him. He's like, "No, no, I didn't lay a hand on him." <laughs> I
3: think that's exactly like, what he did. Fair news. You've got us there. go <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: back and read the small print of our threat.
0: <laughs> I he love did... though that, like, as fans would be going up, going, "Hey, man, we're going to kick your ass!" Like, no, this guy just kicked Muhammad Ali's ass.
2: Like, yeah, you stand no chance yeah, yeah, to yeah, against him. Yeah, exactly. It. And when the angry mob comes down, he can just lie on his back and kick them yeah, away. <laughs> Abu Dhabi is not the only
0: investor in the UFC. Uh, there are many other people well, who... Well, you said they only have 10%, so I'm not surprised. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> other people who have a stake in the UFC are LL Cool J. <laughs>
3: <laughs> who,
2: like... Whose na- who's name, do you know where LL Cool J comes from? No. It's short for Ladies Love Cool James.
0: Really? Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's very cool.
3: Has anyone ever called you that, James?
1: No. you, yeah, you no, sound I like don't. you tried to make that take off first and no one would have it, and then he, it work. <laughs>
0: he just got there just too quickly otherwise yeah. <laughs> that's all they'd become <laughs> um, also Calvin Harris Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers Trey Parker of South Park oh, um, really? Maria Sharapova the tennis star and Sylvester Stallone and Conan O'Brien who is the late night talk show host in America who's been having Conor Gregor on a lot recently and I was like I didn't know he had an interest he's got a business interest
2: (laughs) yeah that's quite a who's who of um, sports stars and
0: entertainment stars the buy-in was 250,000 so I think they all bought the sort of the minimum of it but again this is back in 2010 and the sport exploded so those guys are
2: probably making some money I can't believe all those people are making some money finally finally (laughs) I mean, After years is, of poverty, LL Cool yeah. J. <laughs> well, I mean, you
0: pick the one name
1: that probably does need the money. It's <laughs>
2: <That's> the only <laughs> one I could remember. <laughs> uh,
0: there was a
1: fact that coincidentally was doing the rounds on Reddit this week about UFC, which is that there's a fighter called Rory McDonald. And so at the end of all the fights, they have walk... No, at the beginning of all the fights, they have walkout music. So when yeah. they introduce each fighter. And he was quite unhappy about a lot of the music he was getting and the guy that was organizing it. Uh, <laughs> but he, he didn't really say anything because he, he thought that his like manager and everything were just organizing it. <laughs> Um, and eventually he mentioned something and um, the guy who was organising music was like no what? Well, I thought you were requesting all of these and it turned out that he'd had his phone number changed a couple of years ago and a fan had got hold of his <laughs> phone number and was requesting <laughs> stupid music like um, like Rihanna's We Found Love and um, MC Hammer's You Can't Touch This so like all these songs that yeah. were kind of dissing him and making fun of him a bit That's it was just good. somebody
2: taking the piss by like three years I could think of worse songs yeah. you put. Yeah. I'd have sent the Teletubbies theme on, yeah. you know. Yeah. I think whoever the fan was did a good job yeah. to just
1: about find that level where they didn't. He didn't get found out for like years. You're right. I would have yeah. been found out the first day, <laughs> wouldn't I? Yeah. Uh, when it was just you yeah. making
3: a fart noise yeah. over the channel.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Colin Mcgregor got in trouble quite recently for saying that he could beat Jesus in a fight. <laughs> did he? Yeah. Uh, this was last year. He said, "There's not a man alive that could beat me, but Jesus isn't alive." So maybe he could and come back from the dead. But I don't know. I'd still whoop his ass. <laughs> but that's true because you only have to lie down for like 10
1: seconds for you out, whereas Jesus would take three days to get up again. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he'd yeah. get back
0: up, but they'd the actually converted F1 the arena have. into a Little Mix concert <laughs> at that point. <laughs> Okay, it is time for fact number two, and that is LL Cool J.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We are not making that stick. (laughs) Okay, my fact this week is that Palau is about to pass a law, meaning that every hotel in the country has to be five-star. I will admit that I spent a good two minutes, when you sent this by email,
1: looking for the footnote, because I thought the star was an asterisk, and I was like, five
2: what? (laughs) (laughs) I was like scrolling through all the replies. (laughs) So what this is, is a new law um, to try and make just high-end tourism in this country, uh, Palau, which is in the Pacific. And they're suffering from climate change more than everyone else, really, like all these um, Pacific countries are. And they have problems with infrastructure when they're getting loads of tourists in. And so they think, well, if we only have high-end tourists, that means fewer tourists, but still the same amount of money. And they want new hotels to come in with their own water treatment system, with their own power and stuff like that.
0: And so Palau is a collection of islands, right? Yeah. So is this every single one of their 280-ish islands having five-star hotels, or
2: is there a central spot to it? Well, it will be, if you want to put a hotel in any of those places, yeah. it'll have to be five-star.
0: Yeah, and I, I've been to Palau. Have you? Yeah, hey. I did. We went when I was a kid, because I lived in Hong Kong, and that's uh, not too far away. It's quite it's far.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you didn't row there, did you? <laughs> no, we got we got the we got Rose
1: the uh,
0: the jet ski. Um, no, yeah, we we uh, holidayed there, and it was in. I mean, this is we're talking 15, 20 years ago, oh. so it was in huts by the yep. beach. So, um, but those can be five star, obviously. Yeah,
3: I just know already that you're exactly the kind of person they're now working to keep out, aren't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're the person this policy is aimed at. <laughs> it took us fifteen years to get the law
2: through, but he's definitely back
3: now. So I've got some stuff on hotels. Okay. Um, there was, there's a really good article in The Economist about the various standards that hotels have to stick to. Um, and so, for instance, the Hilton chain of hotels, there's a manual that stipulates that staff have to answer the phones after three rings Exactly. For instance, mm. um, whereas Intercontinental, you have to wait four rings. Is that right? I used to phone. work for Intercontinental Hotels. Did you ever answer the phone before or after four rings? I think I might have done. Well, that, is that That's, why you're working here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I quite appreciate that rule, actually, because it is quite startling when you ring someone and they pick up really fast.
3: Yeah, Totally. Um, they have there's one chain which uh, wasn't allowing itself to be named which all of its hotels all omelettes have to match a laminated model omelette that they have there (laughs) which is cigar shaped and they have to model it on that alright yeah uh, Intercontinental also you might remember this rule James specifies that the rooms have to offer at least four pornographic films (laughs)
0: at least four at least four (laughs)
3: yeah You You don't want to
2: turn up and there's only three pornographic films,
0: (laughs) do you? Can you imagine calling up reception and being like, hi... Could yeah. do with a couple more. Yeah, <laughs> I seem to be missing one of my four yeah. <laughs> Sir, this is your first night. I know, it's been a long session, and I just need one or two more to kick me over to the end.
3: Could you change the sheets while you're up here, please?
0: <laughs> By the way, you picked up on the fourth ring, and I don't know, more a three-ring guy. And...
3: <laughs> we didn't ask about your sexual preferences, sir. <laughs> <laughs> A hotel in Colorado downloads pictures of your family from the internet and frames them for when you arrive at the hotel. (laughs) That was either brilliant
2: or the most creepy thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah.
3: I think I know which one of those it is. There's also just one more, which is a hotel in Mexico, a luxury hotel, where they do research into you beforehand, and the housekeeper matches the color of the thread in the guest sewing kits to the clothes that you're wearing.
2: And again, they get that from photos on social media, do you think? I
3: think, actually, it must be from when you've arrived. So there must be an emergency, you arrive at the reception desk, and they're like, she's got a red dress on, quick, get the red thread in the box. That's good, because most of the pictures
2: of me on social media are from fancy dress parties.
3: So you just get, I don't know, (laughs) what kind of stuff do you wear? You get some face paint. Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There were a couple of um,
1: zero-star hotels in Switzerland. And the first one was in a Cold War bunker. And so there are no TVs, there are no separate bathrooms. Um, There's no daylight because it's in a bunker. Um, But it doesn't look too bad. Like, it's basically like a kind of low-end youth hostel. The second one um, is just, like, a bed and a bit of a wall, like, up a mountain in Switzerland. Um, And then there's a butler who is actually a local farmer who comes and is responsible for giving you the weather forecast and telling you jokes.
2: Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's great. It's it's all about, it's a sort of tiresome critique on hotel culture. It does sound good, though. I reckon I'd pay for that in the hotel to yeah. have a farmer come and tell me jokes.
3: Yeah, me too. So Especially wait, if they check
2: my social media and saw what kind of jokes I like.
3: Good point. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: he'd be like, this is an easy one. <laughs> yeah. All <right>. oh.
3: yeah. <laughs> or labor tons.
0: <laughs> Okay, it is time for fact number three, and that is Alex. My fact this week is
1: that every Canadian citizen is entitled to a free government-issue portrait of the Queen. Ah. Of our Queen? Of our Queen. Of and our their, queen. Queen. and, their, and queen. their Queen. They're actually entitled to five portraits of the
2: royal family in various combinations. Can they choose whichever members they like? Um, As in, if you prefer Princess Eugenie and Prince Andrew, you can have those two. You
1: know what? I don't think they're on offer. I think it's um, mainly
2: like Philip and the Queen and uh, the I big think ones. Prince William. Yeah, the it's, big it's, it's the big, it's the
1: headline. It's just the main characters. Um, but uh, there are just five different ones and you can order up to like one of each so
0: you can get five in total. Right. So it'd be like Pokemon. you got to unlock Eugenie you know, <laughs> with your dedication.
3: Presumably there's a prince, not original oil paintings every time you <laughs> yeah, order no, your real, picture. Yeah,
1: painting, huge frame <laughs> delivered, yeah. No, the, yeah, these are just paintings or you can download them like free so I've downloaded mine even though not Canadian you're not citizens. Canadian I know but, but you know, that there must was no be password, against the law anything. so this is part of a lot of services that, that you can get from the governments of Canada if you ring 1-800-O-CANADA you get, uh, you get <laughs> oh, I know you get onto a helpline that provides that information on Canadian governmental programs and services and stuff like that mm. it's
2: it, really cool but the O is that a zero or is it the O in the keyboard the, the letter O rather than the
1: number zero <laughs> really it, yeah.
2: because when you give someone's phone number you often use the word o to mean zero don't mm-hmm. you like 0800 it's, true, yeah. mm. it's really confusing. a lot of
1: Canadians getting through to some random pizza
0: place somewhere or
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. demanding <laughs> pictures of the queen they're like what's going on <laughs>
0: um, interestingly when you go to the website I looked at the pictures as well um, I couldn't see as many as five actually I saw you could have the queen or Philip or the queen with Philip so those are mm. your options that I saw um, and they have lots of rules though for if you do download mm. them for what you're allowed and allowed to not do with them so for example you cannot use the images on adhesive seals. That's one. What's an ad- adhesive seal? I guess um Like a sticker on I, an envelope? The, yeah, that's what I was thinking, like on right. an envelope. I guess a okay. stamp is what they're saying.
2: Oh,
3: I see. Or a seal as
2: in that holds the envelope together. Yeah. Yeah so you're not allowed that you know
3: all the time that rather than buying a normal envelope you just buy one and then use a sticker I to... always do
2: that but then I always put a sticker of the queen on so now I'm a bit worried
3: <laughs> yeah you gotta recall all those postcards from over the years James <laughs> can you recall a postcard <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: the postman just knocks on your door sorry Sorry. I'm just gonna she doesn't wish you were here anymore
2: (laughs) also can I just say postcards the one thing you don't have to put in an envelope
3: (laughs) as the words came out of my mouth I thought I hope no one notices that
0: (laughs) and the one the one final thing you're not allowed to use it for there's other things but um, another thing you're not allowed to use it for is to advertise if the queen or Philip have visited your shop so the Mm. example they give is for example if the royal highnesses the duke and duchess of cambridge were to visit a cheese shop that shop could not use a photograph of the occasion to advertise its goods
1: is that like when you go into like a curry house and they've got like a sign photo of gary lineker yes. yeah. <laughs> it's like, or like a
2: laundress <laughs> but isn't it always gary lineker, it's in always gary lineker. Yeah. so he just visits laundress and curry houses all the time it you, must be that gary lineker's going to a lot of curry houses with signed photos right yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Or Arthur. I mean, have you ever seen him on any linen? I haven't. So
3: <laughs> also, it's
0: the same photo of Gary Lineker. right? It's the yeah. same. Yeah.
3: I think that he just doesn't have an oven or a washing machine, so he always constantly has to use the laundrette and eat out. Well, he goes he? to
1: the curry house, spills curry all over himself, so he has to get everything dry <laughs> yes. cleaned. Yes,
3: a notoriously messy eater. <laughs> um, something else that you can get free in Canada that's quite cool is the flag that's flown at the top of their equivalent of Big Ben basically which is the Ottawa Peace Tower Um, so it's a huge clock that's sort of part of their parliament buildings Um, and you can write off you can sign a form and write off and request one of those flags because every single day or about 250 days of the year they take the flag down and they change it and put up a new one and then they wash that one and iron it out and they send it to whoever in Canada has requested it Really? they must
2: be massive though aren't they
3: they are big yes and
1: so there must be more than one person must request it right
3: so this is what's happened you've i think you've hit upon a problem um (laughs) they've had at least twenty thousand requests at this point which means that there's now a 73 year waiting list to get your flag (laughs) (laughs) so you can have it delivered to your grandchildren you've got
2: to be pretty young to make an application now don't you
3: you really do to be successful but Um, why
2: do they keep giving away flags sorry
0: why do they need a new one every day
3: um, I don't think they do. I think this was just an idea they had. It would be a right. nice patriotic thing to do to donate a flag each day to some, or most days of the year to someone in the country. And so right. it's
0: every day they
1: replace the flag? Not every year?
3: It's about, so it's every weekday, um, except bank holidays or apparently when the weather's poor, they don't bother changing it.
2: Every Canadian citizen is entitled to three hours to vote whenever there's an election. In, in, the, in the booth? Uh, no, it doesn't. No, so you're allowed three hours off work to vote. Basically, oh, okay. right. so, like, what are you doing in there? <laughs> basically, if your work schedule means that you finish work at say four o'clock or something, uh, and the the polls close at seven o'clock, then that's fine. But if your work schedule means you don't have three hours spare, they have to give you three hours off. That's really? good. Yeah, it's good there, isn't it? Yeah, it's a oh, lot of time great. to
3: get to a polling station. Yeah, cool. you could
2: Probably have lunch as well.
3: Yeah? I'd to go to the pub. I might not even
0: vote, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got another Queen Canada fact. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the Queen appears on the banknotes of Canada, uh, as she does in Australia and all around the Commonwealth. Um, but interesting claim that Canada has over it is they were the first country, even beating uh, the UK, to having the Queen on a banknote before anyone else, was it like wow. as soon as she became queen they rushed it out? Or... No, it was pre. It was this was in 1935. Oh, a child, yeah, yeah she I remember was nine year old. You remember this? <laughs> I remember reading it before you just said it. I <laughs> knew it. Time, traveler! <laughs>
1: <laughs> I went back to order my flag.
3: Did <laughs> um. you know in Australia uh, you can also get a portrait of the Queen? But you can also request CD and DVD recordings of the National Anthem if you want them. Really? So you, if you Google constituents request program, you can just ask your local MP or a political representative for that. And you can request a booklet on the flags of Australia. You can get a booklet on Australia's national symbols. And yeah, you can get a DVD of the National Anthem. That's, wow. So can
0: someone listening to this in Australia,
2: please do that and send us a photo of you with
3: yeah, your DVD? Please do.
2: Actually, I would quite like a photo of someone from Canada with their free portrait of the Queen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. If you're in a
0: Commonwealth and you have this option, uh, if you're listening in Britain, just a picture of Gary Lineker will be great. And <laughs> please post it to us on our QI account. Okay, it is time for our final fact of the show, and that is Chasinski.
3: My fact this week is that the first ever Encyclopedia Britannica said that humans were divided into five categories. Uh, Those categories were American, European, Asiatic, African, and monstrous.
2: Jeez.
3: (laughs) The five types of humans. Did they
2: believe that there were monsters? Is that what we're saying?
3: I read this in this really good book I've just started reading. It's called You Could Look It Up uh, by a guy called Jack Lynch. And so what it was was that uh, there were often it was kind of an age of exploration, and there were often a lot of rumors about the kind of people you'd find in strange places. Maybe there were kind of mythical semi-human creatures around. So there were reports, for instance, of men who had feet backwards, or men who didn't have any noses. Um, there were reports of humans who had dogs' heads and who communicated by barking. And so there were kind of these rumors about mythical monsters. <laughs> but you beings.
0: are you are describing Bigfoot and werewolves, and these are all still. Real real
3: real things <laughs> out real there little. today, Anna. <laughs> You're right.
1: So this was the casual term that they used just to cover themselves, to be like yes. anything um, we know. It's miscellaneous, basically.
3: Yeah. And this went back to Linnaeus who classified Homo sapiens ten years earlier, so in seventeen fifty eight. And he actually said that there was Homo ferrous as well, as a different species, which was wild men, and then Homo monstrous, which was monsters. And yeah, so we're not quite sure what they are, but we're looking made up people.
0: So, I was reading up on the first ever Encyclopedia Britannica because, um, weirdly, you almost feel like the authors should be famous names. And yeah. uh, I didn't know a single one. So, there were two guys who effectively brought it together. One was called Colin
2: McFarquhar. <laughs> and that's exactly how he pronounced it <laughs> with the question mark at the end. <laughs> he never knew. The uh, <laughs> name's <laughs> McFarquhar. <laughs>
0: Colin McFarquhar. Yeah, he um he also set up with a guy called Andrew Bell. And Alex, your surname is Bell. I know all about him. Yeah, yeah, well, what's interesting is for the Encyclopedia Britannica, he was the engraver. He was the one who did all of the drawings, mm. uh, which on our podcast, when you're not on the microphone with us, you are our, our illustrator for yeah. all the things. So you both have the same
2: surname. That's exciting. I like so, the way yeah. that you said Bell as if there was no exclamation point at the end of it as well. <laughs> so you got...
0: yeah i don't know what's going on with my pronunciations but bell was a very interesting guy um he was quite small he was four foot six um and he had a big nose that he would sometimes try and hide by wearing a paper mache version in order to hide the bigness of oh, his nose. bigger yeah. Yeah, you would
3: think, right? No, I think he was a joker, and he did it whenever anyone stared at his nose. He put a bigger one he on put top a of bigger it to on. say, are you looking at my nose, bitch? Um, I think it was like,
2: because he was...
0: <laughs> Go to B in my book, bitch. It's an engraving of you. Um, and he also, um, he used to, so as well as doing Encyclopedia Britannica, he used to engrave crests and dog collars um, and he, he made sure that he always rode the tallest horse that was available. So if he was going to just rent a horse, he'd be like, "The tallest one, please." I like that
1: of going to hire a horse. They've just got the same options like at the car rental place, where you got Ooh. like color and height and yeah, yeah. compact or. Do you um, leave yeah. it fully fed, or do you let someone else do that? <laughs> yeah. So
3: the oldest known Encyclopedia Britannica is still in use apparently and it was only discovered in 2010 and there's an 18 volume set that was from 1797 and it just belonged to this family in Chelmsford and they'd used it growing up and stuff and they were still using it all the time. They bought it for £15 the full set which seems unbelievable for 18 volumes of encyclopedia. Mm. But now
1: it's worth like 9,000 right?
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, understandably. Seems, seems
1: like not very much money for the encyclopedia oldest encyclopedia I agree.
3: ever. But
2: they don't seem to go for anything. Yeah but you can get them on um, CD-ROM these days. Yeah that's true. Do you get <laughs> yeah, that's uh, James, do. you
3: Wikipedia. are so with it. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea.
1: Um, if Wikipedia was printed out on paper, it would be about. 1,900 volumes worth of Britannica. Really? And that would someone... be
2: the most tedious. I mean encyclopedias are not exactly the greatest read <laughs> yeah. of all time, are they? But imagine Wikipedia. All those little pages for like high schools in the middle of America yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah.
1: Well, There, there was a project, Like, it was more of an art project, but this guy called Michael Manderberg um, in 2015 um, printed out some of it and kind of did all the maths and worked out how much it would cost and um, it was called From A to Zap, so the A was A, A, A a exclamation mark which is like the first wikipedia mm. entry he could find yeah. the beginning to zap which was Z Z Z A P ap exclamation mark which was a really random kids tv show that i remember watching
3: really oh, okay.
1: yeah. yeah isn't that weird What's i that remember movie? watching ah <laughs> yeah <as well>. classic <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite encyclopedia is the four volume encyclopedia of lubricants and lubrication
3: nice mm-hmm. have you read it no
2: it's not you couldn't put it down it's you couldn't pick it up <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, sh- uh, well,
0: anything else? I'm happy to wrap. Yep. Yeah. Let's hear that wrap. <laughs> LL Cool J. <laughs> okay, that's it. That is all of our facts. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to get in contact with any of us about the things that we have said over the course of this podcast, we can be found on our Twitter accounts. I'm on at Schreiberland, James. At, egg-shaped Alex, at Alex at alexbell underscore and Chizinski. you can email podcast at qi.com yep or you can go to our group twitter account which is at qi podcast or you can head to no such thing as a where it has all of our previous episodes you can also buy tickets to our upcoming tour in october and november it's also got a link to buy our book the book of the year which comes out in november and why not join us every monday on facebook live 5 30 p.m british time which apparently is not a thing but uh london time and uh we'll be there to chat about this episode we'll see you again next week goodbye